Hello and welcome to the Graham Radio Podcast. Today on the show, we have Jose Vallejo. And to say the least, we explore a wide array of concepts. I hope you enjoy. We are rolling. Jose Vallejo, how you doing? Let's I'm get doing well. On. Thank you, sir. Yeah. yeah, had a quick adjustment. Yeah, had a little problem there, didn't you? Mm-hmm. So uh, first things first. I mean, come on, man. Okay, yeah, where, where are we if we're not doing this? Oh, wait, real close, real close. Can you tell everyone what we're drinking? Mm, the warmest rolling rock. The warmest of the of the rolling rock. If you if you came to Graham Radio and you didn't drink any warm rolling rock, cheers. Dude, how am I stoked to drink this right now? Cause you're here, man. Shout out to you. You're 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 here. You're in my room <laughs> drinking warm <laughs> rolling rock. Turning warm beer into the thing. So, little story. Maybe two weeks ago. Uh. I DJed a party, and I, uh, and I, uh, Jose this came is through. Like a month and a half ago. This is a mo- wow. Yeah, sorry, my brain it doesn't work. <laughs> um, this is a month and a half ago, <laughs> two weeks ago. Jesus, <laughs> where what? What's the what is the date today? So about a month and a half ago. It could have been six months ago. It could have been yesterday. I don't know. It happened the though. other day. Yeah, yeah, the other day. Here, you know, I'm gonna turn down the I'm gonna turn down the mics just a little bit. There we go. So. Um, DJ to party, and of course, Jose came through with the camera, got some fire pictures. Actually, the my profile picture for Graham Radio is one of the pictures that you took. We got a contributor. Exciting stuff. Thank you. It's part, an honor. Part of the collective. So, uh, the next, or excuse me, during the party, um, my friend, who I have not seen in a long time or, spoke, or spoken to, Ramiro, Sanchez is his last name? Yeah. He was there. And he had a pickle, and not the and, and it wasn't a bad pickle. It was actually a really good kosher dill pickle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, do, do you know what I'm talking about? His pickle. Yeah, yeah. He had a. What was it? What what, what what was the, what was his predicament? Uh, he had too many girls that he had to show around town in Miami. Yeah. So here's here was the problem. <laughs> he. <laughs> Wait, let me take a. Bu- oh yeah, by the way, we're all we're eating Chick Fil A while we're uh, while we're doing Chick Fil A, warm rolling rock, and, mm. and Chick Fil A fruit cups to balance it all out. That's right. Got to stay balanced. So everything in moderation. Everything, including moderation. So Ramiro went to uh, California the weekend before. I think San Diego. Met a bunch of people. Those people said they're they're coming to Miami, and. They came to Miami. They're hitting up Ramiro. Hey, we need something to do. These people are a bunch of girls. And do you remember what uh, what what te- what team they were all a, a part of? Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out UC Santa Barbara. Shout out the UC Santa Barbara cheer squad. <laughs> the cheer squad. They can shout do some backflips. You guys know who we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> They, uh, they, uh, shout out to the UC Santa Barbara cheerleading team. So, um, what ended up happening was we went to Ramiro's apartment and literally, oh, excuse me, excuse me, my bad, my bad, my bad. We went to Jose's apartment and on the way to the apartment, the governor of Florida or the mayor of Miami it was the mayor of Miami, I think. Yeah, the mayor, the mayor of Miami. Choke up on the mic a little bit. 
Yeah, the mayor of Miami. Mayor of Miami. There you go. There you go. So yeah, yo, if you want to move the mic, go right ahead. Um, the mayor of Miami instituted a, a stay-at-home order or no, a curfew that said you can't be out past like ten thirty. He and by the way, he instituted this at seven thirty p.m. on a fucking Saturday. So okay. Um, we're at Jose's place, and I he has Jose has a guitar, and I you know I start playing the guitar a little bit. It's having a good time. You don't, but you know what? You, you don't. You don't have a capo, which is annoying. No, that's the one thing. I know. That's the one thing I need. I got like the yeah the whole setup. I know. Yeah, you have everything except for the capo. Dude, capos are fucking yeah. essential. But um, anyway, sorry. Uh, these girls have nothing to do because there's a curfew, and we weren't even that sure if they were going to come. It was me, Ramiro, and Jose. These girls ended up coming through, Wait, and we, we were watching up, the the fish. Oh yeah, we were watching the fish. Oh, <laughs> so this was a great time in my life because this was during the fish, um, the fish dinner in a movie when when fish fish was supposed to be on tour. By the way, fish. If the listeners don't know, P H I S H jam band. They rock. Shout out to Trey Anastasio. Listen, man, if you don't know Trey Anastasio in '98, '98 Trey, you better get to know him. Madison Square Garden, MSG '98. New Year's, New Year's Eve, man. All right. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, we're watching fish. We're not sure if these girls are gonna come through. And then Ramiro's like, "Hey, good news, they're coming through." So they came through. We had an absolute ball. I still have that video of uh, the girl slipping. The ninja. Um, the ninja. The ninja kick. The, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so with all of this said, Jose, I have a present for you. Oh okay. What's the present? Oh, my friend. Wow. Here you go. That's yours. Dude, a capo. Thank you, dude. I got you, dude. Wow. Many blessings, man. I got you, bro. As soon as I saw that you needed a capo, your boy wrote that down. And dude. I wasn't that sure when I was going to be able to give that to you, but you now have a capo. Wow. I, I hope uh, the Chick-fil-A can suffice <laughs> as a humble exchange. <laughs> it sure does, ma'am. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, thank you, bro. Of course. This is... I appreciate that. Sometimes you gotta look out for the homies. I got Thank you. Brother. Enjoy the capo, dude. Make sure you use it, dude. I will, dude. I believe you. I absolutely will. This is. And with that said, I'm taking a sip of this nice, warm Rolling Rock. Oh. You know, it's a little bit more enjoyable than I thought. So, Jose <laughs> came into my room, and he actually brought a present for me. And that present, I'm not seeing it right now. Where's it? Where that orchid go? Oh, that is beautiful. Can we get it? We should put that in a better spot. Hold on a second. It's a... Uh, We're going to put this right here. Right in the light. Yeah, I don't want to, like, fuck up the leaves. It looks kind of dry. Yo, should we water this? Yeah, you know, when I went to Mexico, I had no one to go in and take care of her. So she's been dry on me for a little bit. Is this the orchid that is just uh, that's in your apartment? This is your apartment orchid. Yeah, yeah, she was looking way better, and then it's been raining a bunch, so damn, it's been kind of yeah, dude. It, it looks off. really dry. It's a sad looking orchid, man. Yeah, that's why I brought her back. Where'd you get the orchid? Um, there's a uh, so there's a farm in Homestead where one of my coworkers, her mom works at, and she hooks it up with the orchids. That's huge. How so, much? How much does an orchid usually run you? Uh, dude, so I, like you know, one of these places like Publix or Walgreens, 
they're probably in between twenty five, thirty five dollars. Um, but with them, it's like ten bucks, twelve bucks. So it's it's like one of those wholesale farms, right? So, you know, get it for that price. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, man, orchids are beautiful, dude. And you can uh, see, I don't know much about plants, but correct me if I'm wrong. You can keep an orchid in your room and as long as you water it it'll be okay is that right or do you need to keep it outside i don't know much about orchids so they do require um sunlight but yeah you can keep them inside you don't even have to really water them that much nice well dude you uh i'm sorry that your orchid it looks like it's dying but i think that our positive energy will bring it well, it'll bring it some life. At least yeah. I hope so. Yeah, d- yeah. It's better here with people. Dude, know. wow. I, I don't think I've ever gotten a fruit cup from Chick-fil-A before, but <laughs> this was an absolute move. <laughs> as soon as I realized it's an option, I started doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be aware, man. It's so fresh. Yo, so you were just traveling through Mexico, sir. I was. Dude, yeah. tell me about that. How was it? Uh, Dude... So many ways to describe it, but in a few short words, like um, mystical, uh, very free spirited, and very free like, free spirited. Wait, what was the last thing that you were gonna say? And like um, very organic. Okay, why? Like those aren't those wouldn't be the words that uh, I would immediately think of when I think of a vacation to Mexico. I would like, I mean, classically, I would think like. Party and relax, which I guess aren't very descriptive words, but <laughs> what do you mean by, oh, excuse me, sorry, this warm rolling rock is really getting to me. What, what, uh, what do you mean by free spirit? So on this part of, in this part of Mexico, it's not really covered by many, um, tourist spots, right? So the touristic spots you'll get are Cabo on one side you'll get cancun on the way other side you got tulum right near cancun cancun um and even mexico city is like elsewhere but where i was was the southern tip right the biggest town around there is puerto escondido and even then it's mostly just like a surf town so it's really not known to like the like the general crowd as like a a destiny vacation sort of place did you stay in a hotel or a house or would you, like where'd you stay so i stayed in two different places in the same town um the first was what's known as a posada which i've come to interpret it, it's a spanish where i kind of interpret it as like a, a resort now if you hear that though you kind of think of these um rock structures that have been built upon like a a foundation of like a like a mountain or something right so it's like you can think of it as like a a resort or like a hostel so it's not your five-star resort but it's it's like a multi-family or like a multi-unit do you have a picture place to stay at um no not of the place maybe i could look it up okay but that's it's pretty much in South America. It's just a like a Spanish word. It's posada. So stayed in one of those where um, my homies were staying at, 
Shout out Greg and Chris, aka Papi G, Papi Goyo, and Krico. Oh, shout out to Papi G and Goyo. Yeah, so staying with Wait, them. Wait, Goyo like Koyo Taco? Koyo? No, 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 Goyo. Like, oh, Goyo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so stayed there. Um, they they very generously let me crash there for a little bit. And then I got my own spot um, just because the nights were getting a little too too hot a little too wild yeah a little too wild so i had to get my own spot um and that was like a little hotel but even then it was like a very um a very beachy hotel to say the least nice man dude those vacations are so fun like vacations where you can just kind of um like have your fun at night but then during the day you can like legitimately relax a lot of people who live in south florida say why would i travel somewhere where i can just sit on a beach as opposed to going hiking which i totally understand like we do live right near the beach we can go to the beach literally whenever we want but here the beach is filled with tourists and people and also the beaches here are not nearly as nice as some other beaches in the world so going somewhere and legitimately just being able to i mean aside from the partying of course going somewhere and legitimately being able to not only just be on a nicer beach but to also be in nature is a completely different thing in my in in florida sure there's nature but in south florida that ain't nature that's yeah that, that's not natural so um jose uh, jose handed me oh this is the what'd you say posada posada yeah posada. yeah so it's it's like wow. a tree house yeah it is like sort a tree of house. architecture uh there was a tree literally sticking through their their place where they were staying at there was a tree sticking through the place mm-hmm. the trunk was just like halfway through it's like excuse me like <laughs> gotta Damn. go through so they built a, a hole where it could like keep going up from and it provided shade over the the roof structure. See, that's what you should have done for the orchid, man. <laughs> should have built a hole through your roof. Dude, I wish. Nah, that, that's why I brought her back. I want to make sure she'll, she'll get better. Dude, so you also said organic. Mm-hmm. Why'd you say organic? Man, everything over there is very, um, like, just not processed. Like, everything. So we went on the boat one day, and... We caught a fish, brought it back, and the restaurant actually cooked it for us. No and it was the same exact one um, that we had uh, that we had caught, eaten it later on that night. Like everything is very fresh, um, and everything happens to be very organic in the sense too that one, it's a different style of living, right? So when I was preparing to go out there, I was asking Goyo like, "Hey, what should I bring?" And he kept telling me to bring slides, only slides, you know, no, shoes. no, no, no athletic shoes whatsoever. No. And I saw that there was mountains. I was like, dude, what if we go hiking? He's like, still spring slides. What? Oh, wow. I'm like, what? I was confused. Right. So then he goes on to explain to me that there's people sometimes that don't even wear shirts to go to parties. Like it's just so I didn't understand until I got out Whoa. there. I realized that that's kind of the beach culture where no shoes and no shirt like is actually no problem yeah yeah yeah. one it's like really hot even at night so you want to take your shirt off like wherever you can it's kind of just accepted um but two it doesn't really matter what you're wearing 
So you could be shirtless or, you know, you could be wearing the same three shirts or for, for the next month or something. Like, so they don't really take these uh, physical, like superficial um, commodities as a, as a thing. Like you could be shirtless and that's fine. Or you could wear the same shirt for a week and that's fine. So it's very organic where that's, it's more of like the, the person interacting with you. It's very social over there too, extremely social. It's a town of like 2,000, but you walk around the same two streets and you see the same people. Whoa. So it's, How long were you there for? Um, in total, it was like two weeks, like 15 days. I mean, dude, in two weeks, you can get really used to a place. Mm, dude, I, yeah, I saw how, how it can suck people in. And that's, that's the thing over there. Uh, the story goes... You come for a week, but you stay for a year. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people do that Whoa. out there. Because it's very, you find your, your kind of comfort in that style of living because it's, again, it's so minimal. You don't need that much. Are there homeless people? No. No? Yeah, like I, I wasn't envisioning homeless people, but the way that you're describing it is kind of like how a homeless person in Miami would live. Like, only wearing slides, maybe not wearing shirts, things like that. Wow. And I know that's sort of like a crazy distinction, but it works. And I'm not saying that all homeless people, hom- I'm not saying that all homeless people should move to this place, <laughs> but I am saying that, like, this place sounds absolutely awesome because you can kind of, like, you don't have to, like, homeless people don't have the option of, uh, breaking into social norms. A lot of so- homeless people don't have the ability to buy shoes. They can only wear slides. But in this place, it's not a requirement. But maybe it's an expectation to like not um, to not conform to the to, to social norms. Or better yet, the social norm there is that of a homeless person here, which is like. Well, I mean, okay, I think this is very much a stretch because there's a lot of different factors here. But it's like a beach town in, by the way that you're describing it, I mean, it sounds really chill, man. It is, you know, dude, I haven't even started getting to it yet. Yeah. But that's interesting how you compare it because it is, so it's like minimal living. You know, Mm -hmm. how does... It's like here... Minimal living is like you're homeless. Oh my god, what the hell? There, minimal living is like yes, that is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Right, right. So you, dude, I would go out and like, I only wore shoes. I think two days, <laughs> and one of the days was the first day that we got the ATVs. But after that, I realized I could just drive it with the slides. So it wasn't really a big thing. Um, god, ATVs are fun, man. Dude, it was so fun. We went into like this like deserted island or not an island, like a beach. We just started whipping them through. It was it was liberating. So that's another like free spirit part because like no one was there. Uh, It's a completely vacant shore. It's a beach. So we're just driving through. What's the crime like there? Um, More theft than anything. Um because i mean that's kind of like the main thing because like no one's really moving like drugs in the sense of like the the drug war sort of drugs like cocaine and heroin and stuff nah so i would say like theft at either at knife point did i mean I'm, i'm assuming that you didn't um directly face any of this but like what did you hear people talking about how 
there were a lot of thieves? Yeah, yeah. So I had the great fortune to meet my friend Christina out there. And Christina uh, appeared out of nowhere because um, Craig and Chris's neighbor, which happened to be the owner of the whole place, had moved out and then Christina moved in. And like that same night, we it was the first night with the ATVs and the place we were going was like the town that everyone goes out to. Um, so it's it's a nudist town. It's a nudist beach. It's a nudist town. Well, they have a nudist beach. Okay. Have you it, ever been to a nudist beach, beach before? Um, accidentally, <laughs> one time, because <laughs> I wanted to bring my dog to the dog park here in uh, Miami, and we went to Hallover, and <laughs> we happened to go a little bit too south, and we came up on the nudist slash K wow. beach, which is... Totally fine, you know, but I, very I, unexpected. I started a, nu- a nudist beach once. <laughs> <laughs> I was at beach place uh, during spring break. Took my pants off. People just started falling. <laughs> Damn, out here breaking social norms. Hey man, I'm a trendsetter. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> That's legendary. Wait, so there was a neat, there was you found, you stumbled upon a nudist beach. So yeah, well, it was always there. That's that's kind of like the main spot to go. That's where the like the nice restaurants are, the nice bars, whatever. So Christina though, um, she hears that we're going to this place because she had just gotten there. She peeped her head out, and she's like, "Hey, you guys are going there again? This place is very small, so it's very social. So you, this was completely normal. Whereas here, I think that would be a little bit out of out of line, or yeah, right. So." Whatever, she comes with us. But once we get there, she starts talking about how she recently had gotten robbed at Knife Point by, oh like, two God, other guys. Terrifying. Yeah, dude. And, like, just to hear from her, it was kind of like, wow, this is, like, thank God that, you know, we're rolling sort of deep. It was four of us guys and her. So we really didn't have anything to be scared of because then again, no one has, like, guns or anything out there. It's it's all of this like street like I have a knife give me your shit right sort of crime, but other than that people are friendly they never want to mess with the tourists anyway because that's how they get all their money it's all hospitality over mm-hmm. there, um so here in this place the the nude beach place Cipolite that place is a little bit more dangerous but where I was saying nah dude no I w- honestly the biggest threat that I faced was a dog that was about to attack me at like three in the morning oh that's terrible wait at three in the morning where were you yeah yeah so um that night we had recorded the last part of a music video for goyo wait a minute whoa, 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 whoa. goyo's recording music videos who is goyo yeah papi goyo the rapper is he on spotify He's on Spotify. He's on all platforms. Who are you hanging out with, dude? Hold up, hold up, hold up. Who who is this guy? You remember Greg, right? Greg. Bret Hart? I've I've, probably... Did he go to Cyprus or something? The last year and a half with us. So the the last half of junior year and then senior year, he was with us. I don't remember him, honestly. Okay. Uh, Wait, so Poppy Goyo? Yep. Oh, shit. Dude, look at that. Does he speak English? Yeah. He so he raps in both English and Spanish. Dude, I'm gonna have to get him on the pod. Yeah, dude. That'd yeah, be great. Man. I just followed sure him. Down. Boom. Nice. It's a cool looking dude. Wait, I wanna hold up. Come on. Oh, we're playing these games. 
I never showed you? Nah. Damn. Never. Yeah, that's gas. So, okay, yeah. Okay, wait. Oh. So, so you guys just finished recording the uh, music video. Oh, yeah. oh um, I hear I'm about to sound really, really cool. Uh, my mom is just got home. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're probably going to, uh, if she comes through here, we're probably just going to say, what's up? And <laughs> yeah. Cool. Hey, mom. <laughs> yeah, because I'm really cool. Um, <laughs> What's your mom's name? Uh, Poda. P. Well, just uh, Jill. You say Jill. Hi, Jill. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, recording the music video, and it's late, right? And at this point, I already got my hotel. So I'm just like, we went back to their place to like gather ourselves. And I'm like kind of passing out. I ended up closing my eyes for like 30 minutes. So woke up kind of in a, a daze. I was like, all right, I got to go. So I started walking back to my place where at in this place, I was walking around with my camera, my laptop, everything, my lights, everything. Was it all in a bag or what's up? So like the couple of times I did walk at night. Yeah, I was in a bag. But one time, like my light, I was carrying the light completely safe. I never felt threatened by anything. But that night, I only had my camera with me. So I'd never thought that I'd ever, like, I wasn't concerned about a human, right? And earlier that day, actually, Christina told me about um, her friend being bit by a dog. And I was like, oh, well, these dogs, they don't do nothing. So there's a bunch of street dogs. Well, I started walking up, and this German shepherd starts barking towards me. And, of course, it's 3 in the morning. I know that I'm the only person there. So I keep walking, and I'm hoping that he stops barking. But no, of course not. He's in one corner, and I'm on the other side of the street, and he's getting closer to the corner as I go up the street because I have to, like, pass him perpendicularly. And he keeps barking at me, and he comes up, like, halfway through the the street, right? But, you know, I, I kept telling myself, keep my chest high, like, look straight, mm-hmm. like keep breathing normally like do not stop my tempo or anything and don't trip kind of in a cycle and eventually i figured you know let me just go all the way down you know like don't hypotenuse because i had to cross the street so don't hypotenuse over to the street Mm -hmm. go all the way down and then take a left and cross the street and yeah you like he went after me like for a little bit like I was never. Wait, full. was he running or was he, he, he just, was like just barking? Gr- oh, and, barking! And okay. So he he kind of stayed still, and I kept going up, and he like ran after me a little bit, and then he kind of stopped. But okay, I think it was more to like spook me. But either way, I, there was no rock on the floor. There was nothing that I could reach at to like help myself. And I yeah, had you would have had to like throw your camera at him or something. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, wouldn't dude. have, but <laughs> I don't that's, know. That's terrifying, man. You don't know what diseases uh, an animal like that might have. That's that's the real scary part, man. Dude, that too, because 
I mean, the real, the so the biggest threat out there though was get, getting dengue. What's that? Dude, dengue is probably the worst. One of the worst. It's like the most feared right now over there. Uh, tropical viruses. It's mosquito born. I feel like it's always the mosquitoes. And it's like Russian roulette, dude, because you don't know which one, which mosquito is going to carry it. Oh, my gosh. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And it's... Dude, well, wait, it's so really what does bad. it do? Does it, is it like malaria? Um, so it gives you like flu-like symptoms. Um, you, dude, you get a leaky butthole. And lastly... Oh, that's always the first sign of something bad's going to happen. <laughs> and lastly, your lips, like, to cherry on top, your lips start chapping up, and they get kind of, like, herpified. Like, th- uh, these are the worst So it sounds symptoms. like it sounds like you get dehydrated, because that's what happens. Like, when you get yeah. really, really dehydrated, you have uh, diarrhea, and your, and your lips get chapped. I guess so. It's terrifying, dude. Yeah, dude, it's such a bad, like, when it hits you. Some people get it very mild. Other people get it for they're bedridden. Oh, days. so it's so it's not a death sentence. It kind of depends, but mo- most times, yeah, mo- like you wouldn't want to get yeah, it. Yeah. Meanwhile, they they haven't even heard of the coronavirus, <laughs> dude. No, for real, no one was. I forgot what a mask was. Really? For the two weeks that I was out well, there. Well, yeah, because I, I guess it's so isolated that it doesn't really matter. One, it's so isolated, but two, it's also a healthy form of living because you're walking everywhere, you're yeah. eating all this fresh food. And, dude, you get so much sunlight, so much vitamin D from the sun mm-hmm. all day that it's really not, it wasn't really a threat. They were, so they were doing some things with, like, their local government. Like, the mayor was imposing some, like, capacity restrictions at first. But now it's it's really not a threat over there. Like, it, for me, it was never a big thing. Like I said, it was dengue. Yeah, you never knew. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I think dengue is probably pr- a lot scarier than, um, than the coronavirus. Yeah, which yeah. for my listeners isn't real. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know anyone who's gotten that? I know several people. Really? And what have they been okay? Yeah, they've all gotten through it. Good. Um, what blows my mind though is, I was actually talking to a friend who lives in China. Who I who I've been kind of talking to every so often throughout this thing, and I was like, "Hey, Momo, like, what's the deal? Do you know anyone? Like, at this point, I'm like, do you know anyone that's gotten it?" She's like, "No." Wait, she lives in China. Yeah, and doesn't know anyone who's yeah, gotten it. No, I, I was like, "Really?" Like, you know what that makes me think, man? That makes me think that, like, what is the media really making us think? Because when I think of China. During this pandemic, I think that so many people got it. I think that if you live in China, that wait, when did you have that conversation? A uh, week and a half ago. Okay, yeah, that, that makes my point. I, I would think that by this time, if you live in China, wait, does she live in like the rural area of China or no? She she lives in some city. I forgot what. Okay, she's well there you go. I would imagine that everyone in China has known at least at least one person who's gotten the coronavirus. Let's go. Because that <laughs> I need to move out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. I just took the bar exam. So give me a se- give me a second. Give me a second here, okay? I'm trying to find a job. Relax, listeners. And by the way, listeners, if you know anyone hiring, uh <laughs> <laughs> you probably know my phone number, so, <laughs> <laughs> so just shoot me a text. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, that's uh, I can do all your legal work. That said, um, she lives in Shanghai. She lives in Shanghai, and she doesn't know anyone who's gotten the coronavirus. That is insane. Um, because the media would lead you would lead you to believe that so many people in China have gotten it. But I, I know a bunch of people who have gotten the coronavirus. My little brother had the coronavirus. Not that little brother. But my little brother, uh, Noah, who lives in Tampa, got the coronavirus. Um, who else got the coronavirus? A lot of people got the coronavirus, man. But yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't personally know anyone who's died from the coronavirus. Me neither. No, me neither. Yeah, thank goodness. But, but it leads you to think, like, what's going on? Because they have way more people. So yeah. when she told me that, I was so surprised. I mean, maybe she's an anomaly. Maybe she is... Because there's probably people in... I, I, I also feel the same way about America, where everyone that you know in America at least knows someone who had the coronavirus. Like, I don't know many people who don't know. After, of the people who have asked if they know anyone with the, with the coronavirus or who, who has had it, They've all said at least one person. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe your friend is an anomaly. Maybe, does she get out much? Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> yeah, mean, no, I'm she, kidding. I'm, you know, it's yeah. it's weird because she's like normal and not not skewed in any way. How do you know her? She lives in China. How'd you? How'd yeah, you, yeah. She used to live here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Did so she go I, to, I met her uh, from from a mutual friend. No, no, no. So when I was working at the at the hotel at the Marriott, uh-huh. um, one of my coworkers. Uh, introduced me to her because they were friends, and that's how that's how we became acquainted. That's cool. So when all this happened, I didn't really talk to her too much, but I figured, whoa, you're in China now. Like, let me reach out, see what's yeah, up. Yeah, that's and cool. I don't, cool I don't know people. anyone who lives in China. Yeah, no, and dude, the other thing that kind of raises my eyebrows, I spoke recently to a buddy in France, and before that, I spoke to another friend in England. And before this, I never spoke anything more than superficial. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, right. I I still have no idea what their political inclinations are. But both of them were kind of talking about like, yo, this, you know, what's going on in the news and kind of pointing it out to me. And I'm like, wow. Wait, what what were they pointing out? Just how different restrictions like curfews and stuff and just different restrictions surrounding coronavirus. And that that perked my ear a lot because I've been kind of thinking the same thing, uh, but that confirmed it because they're in different countries. I mm-hmm. don't even talk to them like that, uh, like day-to-day wise. So that was really interesting. And then she was, Momo was the last person, like when she told me that my mind exploded the fact that these people kind of thought this way and then she's like, yeah, I don't know anyone that got it. Like, what is wild? What is real? You know, (laughs) bro? how much longer do you think that it's going to be? Because everything is sort of sort of starting to open back up. But whenever I see a big group of people, even if they all have masks on, it it doesn't for some reason. It's crazy to say it doesn't look normal. It doesn't look like it should be happening. No, dude, it doesn't look normal. I, I, I wonder because I remember in the early days of the pandemic, which I hate that that I just started a sentence with that. With in the early days of the pandemic, I wish that this thing were already over. But in the early days of the pandemic, people were saying, "Oh, like I, th- th- maximum two months, no. max, max three months," and it's about to be November. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Remember they said uh, 15 days to slow the spread? Well, I don't know why they even started off with that. Because then they kept saying two more weeks and two more weeks. I remember Trump said uh, by Easter yeah, will yeah. be money. <laughs> dude, that's when it started getting worse. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So it's just like how do you believe these authority figures, I think? Dude, do you remember Hurricane Matthew? Which and hurricane was that? That was in like 2015, I think. No, it was like 2017. Um, I, I mean, there's honestly been so many hurricanes. I don't remember that exact one. Okay, so that was the one. It'll forever be etched in my mind that um, it got up to national news coverage. And I think it was Shepard Smith on Fox News. He was saying, um, according to this trajectory, if you don't get your family out, your kids, your wife, everyone will die. Oh, my gosh. So he's like fear-mongering to the max mm -hmm. and making everyone just go crazy so there was no gas for like a week in orlando no water anywhere dude you know what ended up happening well, tell me the hurricane passed right next to the coast i went to the beach the day that it was supposed to hit like nothing wow. happened so i've uh, it's just like having lived through that and well, these people have talked about it one way but uh, I feel like I've seen the other side of things, right? So mm -hmm. the pandemic hits, it's all tragedy on the news. But what did I see? People jogging outside. People started buying bikes. Right. Like I bought a bike. <laughs> yeah, people started oh, yeah, I've seen outside. your bike. You got a nice bike. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you. So it's been kind of weird yeah. to go through this. But to answer your original question, I think I said immediately at least a year, mm -hmm. which I think in March it'll, it'll finally calm down. That'd Why? Because nice. we got to go through winter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's flu season. Yeah. So, um, with hurricanes and the pandemic, it's it, it always is kind of the same thing, unless it direct unless it directly affects you. There is a feeling of fear mongering that on the news they're talking all of this crap mm -hmm. about yeah. oh like oh, you have to stay safe and this and that and if you don't leave Orlando, you and your family are gonna die. <laughs> And all that stuff. And that's... that. In my opinion, that's not a bad thing. Because it's like they're being overly protective. It's like, if you sprain your ankle and you don't go to the hospital, but you somehow like put on a gigantic cast, well then your ankle is for sure going to heal, heal up, even if you did not need that cast. But if you just like... Or if you were just like, I'm going to walk it off, whatever. But then it turns out that your ankle was not actually sprained. It was sh shattered or something. Well, then your anchor, your ankle is going to be forever destroyed. And it's like they're being overly protective. And sometimes that is annoying. I mean, think about when you were little, how when you had you had a curfew of 9 p.m. or something. And it's like, Mom, come on. Like, nothing bad's going to happen. Come on, Mom. And it's like, you know what, dude? We grew up in Weston. Like, the truth <laughs> is you can longboard down Indian Trace at 3 a.m. with a bunch of with – a with a laptop and a – and a camera and you'll be fine yeah. no dogs to worry about no, no no people with knives to worry about but i mean dude you never know what can happen so it's like the overprotection it's not bad it's just slightly annoying but it, it's there for a good reason so it it is slightly annoying but as will smith so eloquently put and i think uh men in black one 
a person is smart, but people are stupid. Oh, yeah. So if, if wow. you tell a bunch of people to be scared of something, they're going to run around like headless chickens. And I feel like that's what happened. And at first, the way I saw it was like, I, you know, I was still intrigued by the whole virus thing. And to this day, I, I don't know, I feel like since personally, look, I've seen masks thrown on the ground. I've seen um, people out and about, right? We see pictures of these one politician saying one thing, but then out walking his dog without a mask on. So uh, there's inconsistencies that you got you got to take in mind and take into account because mm-hmm. what are you going to do, lie to yourself about that? So uh, there, there has to be a common or like at least a, a safe balance because you can't have people acting so crazy while on the other side, you know, there, there's really nothing going on because then what do you believe? And then that's that's how hysteria starts. Yeah, well, how do you quell... So, and I love that line, and that is from Men in Black 1. Thank you for bringing that back into my life. <laughs> um, what was it? A person is smart, but people are dumb? Yeah. How do you quell that, though? Because, you know, the news needs to be that overprotective parent over their citizens... But in doing that, they make that they're, they're speaking to the people. So, what's a solution that will? Because really, what they're trying to do is convince people that this is bad, whether or not it really is bad. They're being protective. Mm-hmm. So, how do you cure the person is smart, people are stupid thing when you're trying to disseminate information? I, I honestly don't really know. What, I don't think what's there's an a answer? Like, I mean, in in mass, well, you have to allow people to come to make their own conclusions. Yeah, and that's you have true. To, you have to kind of give people the building blocks to make their own conc- to make their own decisions to make an informed decision. And an informed decision is, I mean, by definition, well, maybe not. But I was about to say by definition smart, but maybe maybe it's not by definition smart because I've heard a lot of people make quote-unquote informed decisions that were not very smart it depends who's informing you it depends on what information you have and yeah yeah who is giving you the information because there's these different gatekeepers of information all over and dude that's something i really dove very deep into in in mexico because now so the mystical side is all these different characters that i met different people different personalities and, dude, they got into some very, like, controversial topics, but... Like what? I feel like things that need to be said, like, um, taboo things. Like, you know, you throw out the Illuminati, and it's kind of fun and games, but over there, it's kind of understood as, like, the hegemony. And The hegemony? Yeah. What is that? I've n- I don't, I, that's just not a word that I know. So... That is like the sort of like the the hegemons are the control like not the controllers but the leaders in certain industries. For example, there's hegemon there's a hegemony in in fashion. So there's f- select fashion designers that'll design the the fashion for that year for that season, and then people start modeling it. So when the Dior. Well, specifically trends. So, oh, oh, okay. So when the 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 bell bottom uh, trend came back from like the seventies back to like two thousand ten or whatever, those were literally trend setters 
that were like, yo, in fashion, we're going to reintroduce this. And in 2010, 2015, we're going to start selling it again. And it became a trend again. Why? Because these people artificially kind of like put it in into this the fashion system and it became fashionable so um the people that introduced like crocs and stuff now crocs are a thing yeah now crocs are a thing so these are different hegemons and that's a different way to reference as well wait, wait i'm sorry to cut you off but i think that this plays perfectly into the people are stupid thing like people are stupid per, uh, persons are smart people are stupid because it's like the only reason that you're wearing listen listen uh Jessica the only reason that you're wearing that boot cut jean is because some fashion designer said that it's going to be the next trend but you don't even like boot cut jeans you're only wearing that because that person says that it's cool and Jessica is just a symbol for the masses of people who see those models wearing boot cut jeans exactly and you know what i mean maybe Jessica really likes it and it makes her happy that's good Right. Hey, but, you know what? Maybe Jessica was wearing them before it was cool. Dude, maybe she's a kind lady and she deserves some recognition. <laughs> maybe she just wants to look hot, which is fine. <laughs> you know? So the point with this is, though, that um, it's understood that there's these sorts of hegemons all over the world. And it's understood within other governments. Like, you get different... Um, so, sorry, a hegemon is someone at the top of the ladder who is... Uh, disseminating whatever information he uh, wants, yeah, yeah, or she, and, and like organizing how everything's gonna play out, sort of. So okay. the the puppet masters, you could call it, but it's kind of weird to call a, a fashion designer a puppet master. I, I think that that's accurate. I think that that could be very accurate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, maybe. Maybe I could see it. Well, I mean, I think that's what we're describing here. If the hegemon of the fashion industry is, I don't know. Um, well, but when I previously when I said Dior, you said no, no, no. I'm talking about trends. So is there uh, is like what is what you're saying a hegemon above Gucci, Louis, uh, Dior, Prada, whatever? Is there a a group of people or, or one person saying, hey, all you brands, it's time to make oversized sunglasses? <laughs> uh, good question. So this whole analogy was actually brought to my attention from one of my ex-girlfriends who helped me explain what a hegemony is. Uh, so I don't know more than that. Okay. Um, I just use that example because that was the example that was used with me. It's a good example. Yeah. So Wait, I, I, I want to ask Siri what a hegemony is. Hey, Siri. Define hegemony. Hegemony means leadership or dominance, especially by one country or social group over others. Okay. So leadership or dominance, especially by one country or social group over uh, by one so or social group over others. Interesting. So I guess a social group could be considered just fashion in general. Yeah, yeah. A any of these, it's it's the idea of like, a, if you want to think of like a power structure, it's those that are dominating control. Wait, choke up on the mic a little bit. Yeah. Th those dominating the control on said industry or said field. What other fields do you think this would apply to? Science. Like, in, like how? 
Um, like mainstream science. There's a lot of things. Like what? Like what's mainstream science? So, um, different ideas, dude. Like, for example, remember when we all thought that the the Earth was the center of the world? I mean, yes, yes. Like that's a hedge. Not us, but yes. We as in mankind. But that's that's a form of hegemony where yeah, this is fact. We are center of the world. When in fact we we probably weren't I can't tell you well, right I, now. I think that the um Okay. When when we define hegemony wait uh, let me ask Siri what hegemony means one more time. I just want that definition again. Hey Siri, define hegemony. Hegemony means leadership or dominance, especially by one country or social group over others. That does not have a negative connotation to it. And I think that the way that we were describing it earlier did have a, uh, a, a definitely a negative connotation where we were saying that um, there's people in the fashion industry saying, hey, bootcut, so in right now. Everyone will make it. Like, to me, just as a guy, that sounds like a negative connotation. But in science, it sounds more positive than anything. Like, oh my god. Thank goodness we made some scientific breakthroughs and figured out that Earth is not the center of the Earth, or is not the center of the world, and that the Earth revolves around the sun. But that was going against the hegemony at the time. Right. Yeah, it absolutely was. So as good, yeah, right. So it's good that it didn't persist, but you got to think, like, at that very moment, what was mainstream science telling these people? We are the center of the earth. That was the hegemony saying that. So it's as good as it can be where let's we're finding all this good stuff. Let's, you know, be the dominant group to let it out. They, as the dominant group, were now spreading this idea that we were the, the center. And a lot of people were, by default, just quickly believing them. Oh, they're the philosophers, they're the um, astronomers, they're the scientists. Got to believe them, but... It wasn't until one brave soul was like, yo, I think that's wrong. I think I jailed yo, for it. Yo, I think that um, high-waisted jeans are actually in, and it's not boot cut. <laughs> <laughs> one brave soul. <laughs> one very, very brave soul, probably named like Susan or something. Goes by Susie. Um, so these, well, uh, Yeah, go ahead. These people in Mexico, they understand that these power structures exist. They understand... Uh, kind of the the more the inner depth of how the world does work why do i say this though because a lot of them happen to be well traveled and just like full of different experiences like no of the extremely interesting characters that i met none of them were from mexico one of them well christina she was pretty interesting she's from croatia uh the other one sun rue he had been all over Bali. He lived in Tulum for a little bit in 2012. He's from Cali. Um, uh, another homie, Malika, she's from she's from Georgia, but she's Indian. She's from India. And the most interesting one was this gentleman named Santos. He's from an Italian family, but Australian. Whoa. And the thing that this I love man, that he's Australian. Shout out to the Graham Radio podcast. Yeah. My listeners are all Australian. So oh, shout out yeah. to the Australians. Shout out to the, uh, you know what? You know how sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off here, but you know how like uh, Justin Bieber has believers. Mm-hmm. I think that Graham Radio fans are gonna officially be called just Australians. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, all my Australians, baby. Yeah, I'm the, so sorry to cut the, you off. The so, Graham Radio Australians. Yeah, yep, all my Australians. <laughs> Dude, it'd be pretty fitting if you could have him on. I'm going to see if I can reach out to him. Oh, my God, please. Wait, wait. A, I, I need to write down that the, the time that this happened at. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm 532. No, I'm like the, t- the time. Oh, okay. Got you. Got you. So on YouTube, if you look up Santos, he's the first result. This guy, huge following in the in the YouTube world and very sort of enlightened individual where he talks about all these different power structures clashing like yeah so the the one talk that I started watching but all of his talks were like an hour and a half it was like he was talking about the Pope Boniface the 8th in 1302 and he was talking about how there was a priest that was high up in the Vatican that actually condemned him to the bottom layers of of hell Wait, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry condemned who Pope Boniface okay. the 8th so this is this is the type of stuff that Santos talks about how power structures throughout the history of the world have clashed and pretty much removing this illusion the cloak of like religion and stuff so instead of i mean for example this pope pope boniface the eighth he got condemned to the bottom pits of hell for something that he did so it's taking out what did he do i i didn't get into that so his talks are very long. They're like three hours long sometimes. And, and this is a Santos. This is Santos. Yeah, dude, he gets in it, man. Like, this this guy is, like, he sees the world differently. I got to have him on the pod. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to try to reach out to him, see what he's up to. Yeah, please. Because I know he was uh, traveling around a little bit. He was going to the mountains. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to see how I can get it. Uh, that'd be, uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, man, definitely. But, so, he was very interesting. That's the other part of my sunte this place um was the the characters involved and keep uh, sorry keep, keep talking i just need to close the door sorry. i got you um so honestly i feel like i circled around and i forgot what the point that i was trying to make uh but i'm sorry for being a terrible host it's because i've interrupted you like three fucking times oh no dude it's all good man nah, i'm just being a douche it's all good brother but yeah interesting people out there Dude, it's always a breath of fresh air to talk to someone who has a uh, a, a different and interesting uh, perspective on life and just the world that that we live in. Like a lot of people kind of can fall into the rut of everyday life and kind of just go through the motions and overall uh, just accept what they are given. Yes, brother. And, and those are the type of people who are are molded by the society that they live in. But on the on the other hand, if you can break through, then you mold the society that you live in. You see what I'm saying? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, dude. Yeah. Like it, you, I, I think it's important to um, figure out what you like to do, get really, really good at it, and then mold into like into that subject something that you love doing. An example, an easy example is music. So a person who listens to music, I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong, nothing wrong with just listening to music. I have never produced a song in my entire life. I personally love music, but if I had the inclination to make music, then I would want to be 
as vulnerable as possible and know exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing in order to be able to express myself properly and then mold music with whatever I put into it as opposed to if I were if I had the, if I had the inclination to make music and I just made music but I wasn't vulnerable at all and I just expressed my invulnerableness well then what am I doing I'm just playing into the trends and my whatever I make will probably sound exactly like someone uh, what someone else has made which is the society molding you yeah yeah so I think that it comes down to uh, like just being being able to be vulnerable and being able to truly express yourself uh, in order to be in, in order to have proper expression of the self you need to know you need to really know a lot about yourself and it's very easy to say oh I know myself and or I know myself so or things like that but in order to really know yourself you have to be able to answer the hard questions and before you answer the hard questions, you need to know what those questions are, or at least be asked those hard questions or but by someone else who recognizes that you're trying to be a vulnerable person, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not saying, I feel like the word vulnerable can easily be taken out of context here. Usually uh, what vulnerable might mean is like, oh, I'm so vulnerable. I'm a damsel in distress. That's absolutely not what I mean right now. Uh, When I say vulnerable, I mean being able to show your, I guess, to show your inner creativity. Like there's something inside of everyone that can affect something. And whatever that is, whatever your thing is that can affect something is that vulnerability because that is that expression. It sounds like it's also showing off like what makes you unique. No? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Whatever makes you unique, you got to dig deep into that. You got to go as hard into that as humanly possible. But that's impossible to do unless you know what that is. <laughs> You got to get knowledge of self. Yeah, knowledge of self. And dude, that's so hard to do because that takes work. It takes a lot of work to... ton of work. To, it, t- it takes a lot of work and you also have to really shut off the outside noise. It's effort. Exactly. It's effort because you can't just say, I'm going to work on myself and mindlessly go on benders every weekend. Exactly. You don't work on yourself like say that. Say no to people. Yeah. Say no if you don't want to do something. Sometimes peer pressure is good because you know maybe you actually like are being too too much of an introvert like i've gone through phases in my life where i say like i don't know i don't want to go out i don't want to go out i don't want to go out and then i maybe i start off like okay i'm not going out because i'm gonna read and then maybe that first weekend i do read but then maybe that second weekend i read on saturday but then i just kind of you know just hang out on Sunday and then the weekend after that I'm just not I'm not even reading at all and it's like I maybe you need someone to kind of pull you out of that and I don't even know if I would call that peer pressure but sometimes peer pressure is good because it can take you out of whatever hole or rut that you're in but if you just generally succumb to peer pressure and maybe you're in a group of people or your your close quote-unquote close friends are always trying to get you to get drunk or go out or do things that you don't want to do and you're just so used to it that you just keep doing it and you don't know how to say no 
then you're not going to find that uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Like you need that time alone. You need to be able to suffer and to really put in effort, which I think are one and the same. Putting in effort, really, really putting in hard effort is a form of suffering. It's like you can go out on a run and you can listen to music that'll really pump you up. And that's great. You know, you're out on a run and you're putting in work. It takes effort to just get off the couch in the first place. But that listening to music, that's a manufactured energy. And if you took that away, which usually when you need energy, you don't have, I mean, at work for at least most people, most people can't listen to music at work. Most people don't have that external energy that is pumping them up. So if you can harness that in a run and be able to just run and run and run and get tired and keep going without an external force, well, that's not only effort, but you're fucking suffering right there <laughs> because you're, you want that external force, but that external force is not always going to be there. So in that suffering... In that running, and by the way, I'm just using running as a metaphor. Like, uh, let's say that you're really into painting or something, and you take away some sort of crutch factor. Maybe usually when you paint, you don't hold the um, painting thing with all the colors on it. I, I don't know what that thing is called. The palette. Um, the the palette. Yeah. Palette. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. you. Maybe you are. Maybe you have like a, a little holder for that palette. Well, maybe you can hold that, and you can suffer a little bit and you can it, it takes more effort to paint when you do that but then when you bring that back you'll be better at painting because of how hard you had to try when you were holding the palette and then because you put in more effort you got better at something and you can affect you can mold the the society of art because you've suffered okay Interesting. Yeah, that was a lot, wasn't it? I'm taking a drink after that. So yeah. <laughs> Cheers to you, welcome, brother. Th- welcome to welcome to Graham Radio. I love it. I love all my Australians. <laughs> you know, I th- I think there's a healthy transfer of of energy. So you go through the labor, you go through the suffering, which makes, which is what you put out into the universe, and then when the fruits of your labor come back in. It returns that energy. That's kind of how I see it. Like yeah. sometimes I want to do the tedious task because of how good it'll feel when I'm finally sitting on the couch. Dude, yeah, man. I remember um, when I was in like sixth or seventh grade. I was a little fatty, <laughs> and my mom was like, "Levi, listen, if you go to the gym, it's gonna suck while you're there, and you're gonna do push-ups, and you're gonna bench, and you're gonna do squats, and it's gonna suck. It's gonna suck. It's gonna suck. But then you're gonna get home." And I'm going to have some chicken waiting for you. Now, you know how good it's going to feel if you went to the gym and then you ate that chicken? Because you're going to be rewarding yourself. She told you this? It, it, I'm spicing it up a little bit. but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, That's a good idea, a good concept. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. She told me, uh, she told me a, a much more chill version of this. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely throwing a little bit of Levi Weinstein into the mix. There. <laughs> Not, okay, what she said in her words was um, just like... Don't go to the gym for how you feel at the gym. Go to the go to the gym for how you feel after the gym. Wise words. Thank you, Poda. Oh my gosh. A Chick-fil-A fruit cup. As we take a bite. 
took a little break, but we are back now, and we are, of course, talking about my favorite topic, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I showed uh, Jose a shirt that I have, which, here, you know what, dude, can you do me a favor? Can you grab the shirt and hold it up so I can take a picture of it? Because it, it really is a beautiful shirt. I love that shirt. Oh, where's my, where's my telephone? Oh, dude, oh, hold on. So this shirt that I'm taking a picture of right now, <laughs> amazing. This shirt that I'm taking a picture of, it is a The Weight of Silence shirt. And if you've listened, if you are an Australian, you know, a fan of the Graham Radio podcast, then you are aware of The Weight of Silence and how awesome they are and their trap metal band in Australia. Well, the shirt is a The Weight of Silence shirt, and it's like... Like in it's SpongeBob with like an Elvis haircut, with an Elvis haircut and a, a shotgun <laughs> and a, a chainsaw. Wait, wait, I'm 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 gonna look at the picture again. <laughs> I'm gonna look at the picture again. So many things are happening at once. It's like a gigantic chainsaw. Wow, and he's like a zombie too. Do you understand something funny? I actually and he's smoking a cigarette. Did he, did <laughs> Is he really? Yeah, no, he's smoking a cigarette. I didn't even catch that. And the cigarette's like broken. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I honestly, shirt. I honestly didn't even realize the uh, the shotgun in this shirt. But yeah, he asked me how I got um, connected with uh, the Weight of Silence with J Food. Oh no, you asked me if I knew them beforehand, and yeah. I, I think this ties perfectly into um, my podcast this morning with uh, Ethan. Um, if, if you listen, to, if you go back, um, I, I don't know exactly when I posted it, but. Um, the Ethan Modboy Bramble, he's the guy, uh, the Twitch streamer in Australia, tons of face tattoos, you can't miss him. We had the uh, an epic three-hour podcast. Um, I followed him about a year ago, before podcasting, of course, and I, um, I mean, he's just an interesting guy to keep up with, and he's friends with The Weight of Silence, so maybe two weeks or three weeks before I got all, oh my gosh, sorry, I'm having some microphone issues here, it's so annoying. Um, yo, okay, cool. Maybe like two, ah, oh, that's, I'm sorry, man. That's just so annoying. Give me a second. We got the whales coming. Yeah, we got some whales coming, everyone. Oh, that's actually. Whoops. All right. We're back on. We're back yeah, on. I think I hit my computer. All right, jeez, that was annoying. Okay, um, so... Ethan is friends with The Way to Silence. He posted about The Way to Silence. I saw some of their music on, uh, hey, and have a dollar for every time I say The Way to Silence. Um, I'd be rich right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, uh, he posted something about them, The Way to Silence, of course. Here's another dollar. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I like their music. I reposted it. I started DMing with the lead singer of the band and... That's and yeah, and that's how um, that's how this whole Australian thing started. It's it's been pretty funny, man. I'm not gonna lie. Like as soon as I did the JFig podcast, all of these Australian people and and bands started following me. Nice. Also, also though, like um, um, just metal bands in general, dude. I, I think I've maybe I've done ten or eleven podcasts. I don't even know how many. Uh, pr- probably around 10. Um, yeah, th- whatever. Sorry. It's been like 
at least three of them have been with metal bands. <laughs> yeah, dude, I gotta get South Post on here, man. As, yes. Yeah, dude, that would be an awesome podcast. Um, Next up. Yeah, I mean, dude, they're definitely coming. The thing with them is, like, I don't want to just Zoom with them. I'd rather them actually be here because, I mean, whether I go to Nashville or they come down here for the holidays or something, like, I'm here with my podcast equipment. We can just easily do this. The problem is I would need, like, I don't know. I'd have to, like, cut my bed in half or something. <laughs> I, I think at least two of them could fit over here. Yeah, pro- but that makes for like an awkward setup because then it's like I'm facing three people rather than like three people are in a circle. Then you probably would have to go up to Nashville. Yeah. They got a nice space up there. Dude, I they been. do, bro. It's a, it's a good time, dude. Yeah. I've, I've been a few times, bro. I love watching, um, like, I, I love watching them play, but like, Dude, watching Angelo play the drums is like so like primitive and like primitive. Dude, he's it's like nuts. a lion, right? He's yeah. Like, it's like he just bangs on the drums so loud. It's like yeah. very aggressive mm-hmm. how how he plays on the drum. And dude, um, Sweeney's guitar licks. It I, I that's what I I watch them jam in their uh, little basement area, which is also Sweeney's room, which is funny. I heard. Yeah. And just like I mean, they're all great. They they they're all individually just absolutely fantastic at their instrument. Mm-hmm. Like Sweeney's Facts. licks that he does, it's just like 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 something that really stood out to me was just the licks that he does. It's like it's it's so it's like over uh, Logan's uh, strumming because they they're both uh, guitarists in the mm-hmm. band. I, bro, I, I talked to Logan once about how he comes up with the songs and how he writes the songs, and I just remember thinking, I don't understand what you're saying right now, but it's very interesting, dude. I have you ever tried to come up with a song on guitar? Uh, I tried, yeah, and then I tried making my own lyrics, and that ended very quickly. Yeah, what happened? Um, I just you know i got the the rap foundation so when i was trying to like sing you know tap in uh some some rock some you know guitar melodies in my voice it i couldn't do it it was like i was trying to write with my left hand like it just wasn't happening yeah. i mean bro things like that are like i i don't think that things like that are if you have it you have it if you don't you don't things like that you can get a lot better at if you just practice it it's like writing with your left hand. Like if you have to actually yeah, try. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it literally exactly like that, bro. Writing with your left hand is so hard. Have dude. you have you ever tried before? N- no, because I know it's, it's kind of terrible. But, dude, I r- recommend for anyone listening, for you as well, try doing random stuff with your left hand or with your like left brushing dominant, your teeth, brushing your teeth, um, you know, stirring the pasta, uh, getting the milk out of the fridge. All of these little things will start balancing out, like the the neural firings, like the neurons firing, like in your brain, because left left side is the right side of the brain. So there's all of these neurons that I have yet to fire. So I, you know, I try to do it every once in a while. And dude, if you don't fire those neurons, then they'll just go unfired and they'll go stale. I don't know. I'm not a neurologist. If you don't use it, you lose if it. If you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were in eighth grade uh you remember gmo Guillermo apollonio <laughs> hell yeah Dude, first shout okay, out to first gmo. of all shout out to gmo what a guy he the boy i haven't seen that man in like since like 2011 maybe but 
he's a good guy. He's living in uh, Orlando right now, and he actually has his own podcast. Um, he, him and his friend Micah, Mika. I'm I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name. Honestly, my bad. But every Monday at 8 a.m., they do, I think, Mindset Mondays. I think that's what it's called. And if it's not called that, I'm terribly sorry. But they've been doing it for maybe three months now. Every Monday at 8 a.m., it's them two, and they're talking about. Uh, they analyze chapters of a book of, of like self help of self help books. Do you so, know which one? Um, I, I don't. I actually, ha- I, it's written down somewhere on my phone, but I don't remember exactly which self help book. But just listening to them talk and analyze the book it's so it's very interesting have you have you ever read the self-help book or anything like that um yeah you know i've i've read a couple different ones um try to go through it and really get more it's more of like what what do i internalize what kind of insights do i get from it because what i find is that these are ideas that have come to my mind before and highly considered but i've never put a label over them so i read these books i'm like oh i i guess that has a name and has a function so yeah i'll keep that in my back pocket yeah um and i th- i think it works but you know if you're if you're going after the platitudes and you're also trying to like self-help books work to a certain extent because it's only in the book you know you you gotta really take action so i Self-help books are good, but, you know, what is it doing for you if you're not taking action? Which is... I couldn't agree more, man. I, yeah. I, I could not agree more. Do you have, like... So, you've read a self-help, bo- a self-help book, or, like, you've seen self-help, like, or motivational stuff. Like, yeah. have you ever been in a situation where you consciously utilized something that you read? Um. Yeah, d- you know, different points. It's more of, like, I'll reflect on it. Um, and... There's times where if, you know, if if it's a moment of high intensity, high stress or something, whether it's a business situation, whether it's a social situation, I kind of keep those things in check and go about my myself, try to go accordingly. Um, Because now, so I use those as kind of like gauges, measurements, Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is like take this step right yeah Mm -hmm. so so guidance sort of so -hmm. that's you know uh, but again i think it only works to a certain extent like look this could be a very controversial opinion but this translate in, in this translates into the same sense of if okay so now look i study psychology for my bachelor's degree but i feel like as a psych student I still knew nothing about human psychology and salesmen that could really tap into a person's likings and dislikings and, you know, get that sale actually understood more of this than I did. Well, why? Well, because I was stuck to the book too much. I wasn't putting it, these things into practice where I, I'm definitely not bashing psychology in a sense, but too many people are behind the book and not so many actually go out and, go out to the field and 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 do these things or find these things well maybe it's the um psychology doesn't give you the tools to use psychology but in sales you get the the tools to use psychology but you don't understand why the tools are working 
True, but have you met a natural salesman? I believe that I am a natural salesman. Okay, so you could, or if you can sell water to a well, do you need any of these tactics? Because I don't think that you should sell water to a well because a well does a well absolutely does not need water. Exactly, but if you were able to do that, but I don't. Need- but that's the thing. I don't think a good salesman would attempt to do something like that because, uh, like. A good salesman will seek out the people who need something and sell it to them. But also a good salesman can sell you something you don't need. No, an asshole does that. There's a difference. Or a salesman. But he's selling it. You're the one buying it. Is he holding a gun to your face? No. But that's the whole human psyche process where, sure, you could feel like you got got, but this guy did it. So... Maybe he got the sale. Maybe you got got. But the fact of the matter is, like, okay, unless there was a gun to your face, you everything is conscious effort. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that relates to this whole self-help thing where, sure, it's good to be reading up on it, but you got to recognize when you can go out to the field. Um, so it, it really depends on getting your own experience from it. Mm-hmm. And applying it and kind of getting your own feedback so you can talk about it so you don't sound like a broken record. Like I absolutely agree. And I think that it's important to uh, – I think that the, the, the cusp of what you're saying here is don't just read it, do it. Yeah. And if yeah. you can actually recognize – like I think there's a difference between just living your daily life a certain way And like, there's a difference between that and recognizing that you're in a certain situation rather than just like being in the situation. And what I mean by that is like, if you're just being in the situation, then maybe you're just not analyzing it enough to realize what situation you're in. So I want to give you an example Um, about, and remember, I'm bad with time. (laughs) (laughs) Two weeks ago. You say the other day. I'm going to say... (laughs) the the other day i love that the other day (laughs) i was in the library studying and i was on the third floor now during this time period on the third floor of the library on in the whole library really because this was actually during the summer it was bar prep taker it was bar preppers just people who are in the library to study for the bar exam well a few other people were in the library today and there are usually other people in the library, but as long as they're not making any, as long as they're not being annoying or disturbing the bar takers in any way, then we kind of leave them be because who cares? Whatever. Well, I'm on the third floor, a bunch of my friends studying for the bar on the third floor. All of a sudden, we all start hearing this. <coughs> And it goes on for like maybe five minutes. And it's COVID season. It's COVID season. But that's not really even what we were like thinking of. We were more thinking like, hey, can you please shut up? Because we're trying (laughs) to learn this area of law. Can you keep your COVID down? (laughs) (laughs) So my like we're all being very quiet on the third floor and we start hearing this. And my buddy, he doesn't stand up, but he says out loud for the whole third floor to hear, 
and, and by the way, uh, this is important, an important part of the story. The girls were out of view of us. So, like, there's, like, a big third floor area, and then there's a bunch of books, and they were behind the books. Like the stacks? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, the stacks. Yeah. So, um, they're coughing, they're coughing, they're coughing, and or, or, I'm going to bleep that part out, because I, I don't want... Uh, wow, I finally have something to bleep out. That's exciting. <laughs> um, so, I'll just... I'll, he s- said out loud... If you don't stop coughing, I'll, we'll have you kicked out. If you don't stop coughing, we'll have you kicked out. So we immediately hear back from these girls. Um, I have a condition. I have asthma, okay? Now, right there, it's like we have some direct conflict. And if I were just like being in the situation, I would have been like, wow, that is this this is some serious direct conflict. Like, sheesh. But I recognize what situation I was in. And that situation was, we have more than, like, this is a conflict, but what's really going on is, like, this somehow needs to be resolved. Because we're all trying to study for the bar exam. We can't have our mental be in a bad place. And these girls are doing their own thing. It would be great if they could just do their own thing. So, my buddy says this. They yell back. Everyone kind of looks over. And I get up. And I walk over to the girls. I turn the corner. And it's these two girls, they looked younger. They were probably like maybe 20, 21 or something. One of them I had actually seen in the library the day before and struck up a nice conversation with her the day before. She's studying for the MCAT. Great. I go up to them and they see me turn the corner and they're extremely apprehensive. Like I can see them in their eyes. They're very apprehensive. And I go up to them and I'm just so nice. I'm like... Hey, um, I'm really sorry for my friend, but we're all just trying to study for the bar. Well, we're studying for something too. I know, but I really just don't want this to escalate. There's no reason for anyone to get kicked out of the library. How about um, if you guys could just do us the favor of moving like down, like moving further away? And they're like, okay, yeah, no problem, no problem, no problem. Situation resolved. Until who starts being loud? Who do you think? They do. The y- us, your homie, the bu- no, like well, all of us, the uh, like the bar preppers, the bar prep, like on the third floor, start being. But who is there to hear it? Them? Yeah, no, they're. I mean, they're they're still within ears reach. Okay. So we're now we're being loud, like we're we're just like in a circle talking about the bar exam or whatever topic we're talking about. And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, how rude of us. Yes, this is the law library. Yes, we're studying for the bar exam. Yes, we're all law graduates. This is our library. And there's parts of the library that even say no medical students. It's not heavily enforced during the summer for obvious reasons, but this is our library. And does that mean that we have the right to be loud in the library? I I don't know. I think that's heavily up for debate. But what ended up happening was one of the girls got up walked over and said um excuse me and then that same the the same person who said the um who said like hey get up or or, sorry the same person who said if you don't stop coughing we'll have you kicked out goes up to them and like a fucking monsoon escalates It's it's a it's a hurricane and they my buddy ended up having them kicked out of the library and i hated seeing it because it could have been resolved in such a better way now I'm not saying that I had the responsibility of resolving it. That's not what I'm saying here. I, I mean, anyone could have. Because what someone could have done, was, like what, what I could have done was gone up to those girls 
and said, excuse me, um, I know that we're being loud and it's very, very distracting to you, but I just wanted to let you know that if you guys went to the second floor, the second floor is super quiet and I hate to like have to ask you to move from where you're sitting, but all my friends are, um, I could, I could play into these girls' ego and I could like somewhat agree with them and say, yeah, my friends are just, they're not going to listen to you, blah, blah, and which would be true. Um, for arguably good reason, because mm-hmm. th- uh, do bar peppers have to be quiet? Okay, th- we already said that. Um, but I didn't do that. I didn't. I wasn't necessarily responsible to. I wasn't necessarily uh, responsible for that. But if that girl just had the maybe, I feel like the the word brains is a little bit derogatory. If that girl had the wisdom, sure to instead of walk up to my friends and say hey excuse me can you be quiet if she had the wisdom of saying walking up and saying hey excuse me we're very sorry that like we're in your library we totally understand that and we want to respect you we really just want to keep studying in this library is there a better place where we can study if they did that then that whole situation would have been completely resolved they wouldn't have gotten kicked out and it's like in the book How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, a pillar of that book mm-hmm. is, is the approach. Is Yes, is the approach because people value themselves so highly and they people naturally think that I'm right and you're wrong and here's why. And they people want to justify themselves. It's a natural thing. You really can't avoid it. But I mean... Unfortunately, in the heat of the moment, no one really thought of that, including me. So, I mean, I, I, I sure do. I do. I pat myself on the back for going up to those girls th- that first time and saying something and kind of quieting down the situation. Honestly, yeah, I'm proud of that. Like, that's a concept that I learned in how to in how to win friends and influence people. But it's like, uh, like there's just something that's like itchy on me that makes me think like I could have done more and I could have gone up mm. to those girls. Yeah, so no, I feel you, and I, I. It sounds like you did everything right, but maybe they interpret it in a separate way because it sounds like they were kind of hostile about it. Well, the thing is, not when I went when I went up to the, when I went up to them the first time, everything became chill. But, okay, but then so it, you diffused. Yeah, th- thank you. I think that's a great word for the first interaction. I def- I did what I could to diffuse the situation, and I honestly did diffuse the situation. But then it got refused. What would be wait? But re, hold on. Confused. Nah. What's the opposite of diffused? Escalate. Then the situation got escalated. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> Sounds like it wasn't a good situation for either party. No, and it's funny that you say party because like it's law, like the parties. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when you learned that word? That party meant like group of people i remember I, I the only reason i ask is because i remember i uh, i'm sorry i um i remember reading it in maybe fifth or sixth grade that the parties were on opposite sides or something i don't know what it said in the story and i read it like five times i'm like the parties like who's partying like what is what does this mean <laughs> like, dude i think i heard it in like fifth grade I, one of those um at, at uh the after school program they're like um they were calling little like you know the the kind of the typical troublemakers the little shitheads, so it was like Johnny and party 
you know, like quiet down, whatever. That's how I. Oh, first... Johnny and party. Yeah, that's how I. That first is a terrible way of saying that. That is such a stupid way of saying that. Uh, yeah. Johnny and friends. In, in Johnny fr- and company dude, would be the best. And, and but Johnny of, like, and party. In front of elementary school kids. Imagine talking like that to elementary school kids. Johnny and party. Oh, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that that's a old person word though. I feel like you're an adult if you really use it. Yeah. I feel like any word that has anything to do with the practice of law is so old. <laughs> so old. There's so many Latin words in uh in in legalese. You feel like you uh you know some Latin now? I could, if I saw Latin on a uh on a case, I could probably tell you what it means. Really? Are you calling cap? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling visor. So cap you're calling no, visor. No, no full hat. Okay. Um. I don't know. I'll think of something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, don't doctors actually have to learn Latin? What? I don't think so. I I heard something like we that. can call Sean Fryfield and ask him. I'm sure he'll answer. What time is it? Is oh yeah, it's six thirty. Yeah. I mean, dude, basically. All right. Let's see if Sean answers. Come on, answer. Answer. I told him that I was coming over later because I need to pick up golf clothes from him anyway. Come on, bro. You have reached the voice oh, mailbox. Whatever. Oh, he texted me. Hold up. I'll call you right back. Okay, cool. Oh, wow, man. This is a lot of dead air. Yeah. I've never had this much dead air before. What do you mean? Like, in the podcasting world, when no one's talking, it's dead air. Okay. Just gathering our thoughts, I guess. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking about it because, like, I feel like in life, you... <laughs> Sorry. In, in life, you you hear, like... Like, when a silence is not awkward with someone, you know that you guys are close. There's probably a more eloquent way of saying that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I agree with that. So, like, in podcasting, dead air is bad. But... But there's, like, comfort to it. Like, I guess for us, too, because we're participating. You know what, dude? Let's have a let's have a moment of silence for 10 seconds. All right, a moment of silence. I'm watching the clock starting right now. <laughs> thank you thank you thank you that you that moment of silence is brought to you by graham radio <laughs> shout out all the australians listening dude for real all right so you said that you wanted to wanted to say something about and i don't know what this is about overstanding like understanding but overstanding yeah, it's the concept of overstanding. It's a Rastafarian concept, actually. Oh. Um, so I first heard it in a in a rap song, and I wanted to dig deeper a little bit. Wait, what rap song? 
So it's a it's a song with uh, Steph and Marley and Most Def. It's Ooh. called Hey Baby. Hey Baby. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, highly recommend. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up right now. It'll be on it'll be on the Graham Radio Twitter. Nice. Um. So, uh, Steph and Marley started started talking about overstanding. And when I started reading up on it a little bit more, it really intrigued me because it's a concept that was out of the box, out of the, my original box of understanding, understanding, overstanding. Whoa, there you so, go. Whoa. <laughs> it's, it's the level beyond understanding. So what do I mean by that? Well, imagine how, imagine how many students right now uh, computer engineer students they can understand these programs of the phones they can understand how they work um, maybe make their own hardware even make an application inside of this phone right but they are simply understanding the laws at which this phone works um, to truly overstand using this analogy would be to assemble with your own pieces your own hardware a brand new phone that in essence would no longer be a phone that's ever been made before it'd be the first of its kind and to be able to enable the same sort of interactions like applications and, and internet surfing but making your own right so it's taking from seeing what's in the book and understanding what's in the book to writing your own book wow i love that and applying it on your own self and manifesting your own interpretation of this into a successful outcome. So with the phone analogy, mm-hmm. the, uh, so um, in, on, in a literal sense, what you said was you have a phone, you take it apart, you create a new phone. And I think that like to go a little bit deeper into that, it's like you're not using those exact, literal exact parts. Like you're probably, maybe you're using a lot of those exact parts. You, but you're using those parts and you're using the knowledge behind those parts to create new parts. Exactly. Or to create the same goal. It's different means or different ways, but same means. Uh-huh. Wow. Dude, overstanding. That is a beautiful concept. So we've gone for about an hour 30. This has been a fantastic. I mean, dude, do you have anything else to say? Um, No, nah, it's just a great honor, man. Hope to be back when it's, you know, when... You're you're flowing in big bucks. Hey man, and uh, big sponsorship. Uh, 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 that that would be sweet. Uh, or sooner. <laughs> hey, who knows? I'll come back sooner. Who knows? Um, yeah. Well, dude, this was super fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Have a good one. Peace. All right. So uh, I know that I said that we just ended, but we actually uh, decided that uh, we left something unsaid. So Jose, please take the wheel. <laughs> um so i was a little hard on you know psychology majors <laughs> earlier uh being one myself uh you know i i empathize i sympathize so i know there's a lot of hard work being done but close the books go out there see the world yourself all That's these right. theories just close see the, the world, world yourself close the books and just get out there do your thing psychologists we love you peace love <laughs>